people make when they think about leadership is that that the success of leaders are determined by their gifting. That's a terrible, terrible mistake in thinking. The success of leaders are not determined by their gifting. The success of leaders are determined by the way that they contain their weaknesses. The success of leaders are rather by the way that they contain their weaknesses. Uh, I say this after 20 years, hundreds and hundreds of leaders from all cultures, that the guys come there and you see a guy and think, oh my word, I wish I had the gifting of this guy. And if I had the gifting of this guy, I can change the world. And soon you discover, oh man, it's not his gifting, it's the strength of his weakness that determines his success or actually his failure. So uh, I've learned to give more attention to my own weaknesses than to my gifting. And it's a good thing. And I want to encourage you to do the same. It's your weaknesses that make you stumble and prohibits you from really reaching the impact that you should have in the life of other people. So, who has taught you about your weaknesses? Who's revealed your weaknesses? Anyone? Your children. Your children. This is why people marry. For those that are unmarried, you marry so that your weaknesses can be revealed. Uh, it is absolutely important to have someone to review your weaknesses. Okay, children sometimes do it and other people. Well, you get into a position in a school, company, church, and you fail. You just fail as a leader. And, and then mistakes, mistakes, humiliations <laughs> uh, reveal your weaknesses. That's why humiliations are so important. So you've got to invite humiliation. You know how to do it. Oh. Come on, and it's supposed to be easy things, but let me give you a practical example. One day, and I'll tell the story short because of our time, but I was under a lot of stress, middle of the night, woke up, walked to the bookshelf and pulled a book from it, the release of the spirit, watch me, started to read the book, first sentence, there is no fruit without brokenness. I thought, you crazy guy, where do you get this? You talk nonsense, man, I have great fruit in my ministry. And it's not due to my brokenness. Why, why do you need brokenness for fruit? You know, what nonsense is this? And I argued with them, and after a while, I discovered that Jesus is on his side, not on my side of the argument. And then an hour later, Jesus convinced me that this guy is right and I'm wrong, and I better listen to this guy. And I said to Jesus, Jesus, so how can I be broken? I must I jump from the roof? What does I do here? What does brokenness mean? And Jesus said to me by his spirit, in that soft little voice, easy, ask your wife what is wrong with you. <laughs> Was this now before the course of uh, heaven and love? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, the next morning, my wife, I get up before her most of the time. And so I, it was seven o'clock, so I had to wake her up. And I thought I'll do it in the easy way, and then I, I, I won't get the brunt of what she has to say. And I will tap her on the shoulder and say, Jenny, wake up, it's seven o'clock, and uh, just check, tell me what's wrong with me. And because she's half sleepy, she would just say, No, you're fine. So I, I was expecting you're fine. 
And uh, so I did it, and I, I was actually on the email desk. I think I Jimmy woke up. <laughs> I mean, that process of waiting up normally takes about half an hour. But this morning, she, she made the same bulk look like a guy looking for parking. flash <laughs> from a light position to sitting. And when my wife sits with her legs crossed on a bed and pointing a finger at you, you know you're in serious trouble. <laughs> So yeah, as he sat on the bed, he, you know what's wrong with you? You know what's wrong with you? And she took out a machine gun. I I counted initially 13 bullets. And then I wanted to stop her and I want to say, can I explain? She said, no, I'm not finished. You know, <laughs> 17 bullets. And, and, and so literally, while her sitting on the bed, I, I just fell on the floor. I, I let him for the last three bullets, I was down and out on the floor. <laughs> She got up from the bed, she walked past him, and did that thing. <laughs> she killed me, man. And, and as I'm lying on the bed and she's in the bathroom, I said, Jesus, I thought you would help me. And, and, he, and I felt, he looked down at me and said, this is the best way I can help you. <laughs> I'm helping you in a better way. It was actually the first time ever in my life that I asked someone what's wrong with me. And it was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Alright? So, who's telling you what's wrong with you? And why are you avoiding it? Why? What are you trying to protect? If they do see it in any case. <laughs> why do Christian communities struggle so much with we talked about a little bit? About assessment, about accountability, about stuff like that. Why? What are we trying to do? Do we try to protect, protect Jesus? <laughs> it's all self-protection. It's all flesh. You understand? It's all sin. It's all sin. Because it's all insecurities that make us do this. You understand? And you think you're secure because you are listening. So, I discovered that the problem with leaders is they don't know their weaknesses. And they do not do, they do not engage in victory over their weaknesses. Consistently. On a journey of victory to curb their weaknesses. To contain the impact of their weaknesses. So, I'm just going to point this, I, this we normally do in about 2-3 hours, the process of just um, showing people some of the weaknesses that they mark themselves with questionnaire and so on, which I cannot do now. I want to show this to you, and then you are on Anna-Marie's case. Uh, by saying to her, I simply have to go through this train. Okay? That kind of thing. <laughs> she has to find a way. That's promotion. Okay. That is <laughs> so, what we found is inappropriate behavior of leaders come from their insecurities, mostly from mother and father wounds that they carry. So, what, and I want to show you this. This is how amazing God created us. God created us that mother and father would have a certain input, investment in our lives at certain stages. And no one else can do it the same way and with the same impact. 
and only they can do it and but but the window period in your life the window for that is a specific smaller window for instance the impartation of intimacy how to be close to other people so if you have on your staff people that can't be team players where, where does it come from it comes from their mothers the mothers were the problem so there was a distance between them and their mothers mostly because it's mothers that bring impartation of intimacy. Why do I say this? Because the neuroscience agrees with it. Because it's the oxytocin connection, and I can show you even pictures of this, between mother and child cannot happen between father and child to the same extent, because it comes to breastfeeding, actually from the birth process and then breastfeeding and so on. And, and there may be some oxytocin between father and child as well, but not to the same extent as mothers. That's why it's so, important so vitally important that mothers would spend time with children in close connection skin on skin close proximity after they're born for as long as possible and in germany it's three years maternal leave and paternal leave for 15 months but we don't want to do that because mothers want to work sorry if you don't have time don't have babies that's as simple as that. My brother looks at me and says, Are you married, my brother? <laughs> so you create time for that woman to have time with the babies. That's your job. You create time for her. Okay, I can carry on for a long time. I just want to say this to you. You've got to understand if that is not done there. Before birth, that intimacy also, if they stress before birth and after birth and so on, then they don't carry that intimacy. And when you see this, what reveals our weaknesses best? Marriage! All right? There where you have to have the one in the Lord. Is that right? And where you cannot. Because there's always this distance, because there was not that connection with mom. You understand? This is one. I mean, I can list a long list of this for you. For instance, where confidence, the problem. I mean, you cannot be a leader unless you have confidence. Now, we train leaders to not have confidence in them, but to have confidence in Jesus. But the problem is now you have Jesus as your confidence, but your weakness prohibits that this confidence is released. You understand? Is what will they say about me? I can never do it. And you think you're very humble while you're saying this. You're not very humble. You're very self-centered. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Very self-centered. Nothing to do with humility. Self-centeredness. Oversensitivity, all of that stuff. You understand? Where does that come from? From dad. Because dad had to be the one to instill that self-worth between six and eight years old, specifically, more than any other time in the life of a kid. Because when dad says to a kid, with his hand on the shoulders, you are so unique. There's no one like you. It's permanent. You understand? So I can list because we've got a questionnaire covering a lot of this. So I can list many of this. I just want to tell you, you sit with kids in here. And God wants to make them into transformational leaders. But they cannot because they've got a ball and chain around their ankles. Massive one of this. Which is called father and mother wounds. And let me just show you how this works. Let me just fly through this quickly. Let me show you how this works. Let me show you this one. For instance, 
This is belonging intimacy from zero to two years old. If they don't have that, they have the wound of rejection. And the wound of rejection creates an excessive need of acceptance. Can you understand that? So then when they grow up, I am what other people think of me. So now if they go about and they become the clown or they become the, you know, uh, what do you call it, fishing for compliments person, you know. <laughs> you think I'm okay? Was this fine? Yeah, how do you feel? Got it? And it comes from there. It's another problem. It's another loop that they must get released from. And then capacity, where they can do it. Try shoes, you learn at three, four, five. And they are capable of doing things. I am what I do. So now you want to show people, I can do it, I can do it. I can do it. Because they never got it when they were small. And then uh, six to eight years old, I am what I have. So what happens is this, a false self is created. And the false self is that concocted, is that concocted belief programming of your mind. You, you believe that I'm inferior, I'm incapable and rejected. And that now I have to build my identity on what I have, what I do, and what others think of me. Can you understand when someone says, you never appreciate me, what they're saying? So the right answer would be, so your insecurity is searching for something. You will never find it if you search. And where did we discover that? Well, you see everywhere, everywhere. You know, um, in the schools that I had, the guys come, they pass this back home, and then they come and at the school. Can you believe it? This is how they introduce. They come here from whatever country in Africa, most, mostly are these guys. They come here and they say, I am pastor this, or apostle this, or whatever they say. I listen to this. I say, so why did you, were you, when they baptized you, did they say pastor? What, what did they say when they baptized you? It's past your name. No, 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 it's my title. So why do you say the title? Where do you get that? No, it's my culture. Yeah, really? No, no, no. You feel too good when you say it. So you will never say pastor in this place. Otherwise, I say your heart. Because the moment that you say pastor, you are distant from the other person. So if I'm pastor and you just John, whatever you are, don't want what, what, what does it say? It elevates me, doesn't it? So there's no place for this here. So you just on your first name. And some of them are Reverend, Apostle, Prophet, Archbishop, and all of that. Insecurities. Now people that do PhD degrees and they're not happy with one, they do three. I had a guy in my church, he did four. In theology, but he didn't know Jesus. So I had to introduce him to Jesus after four PhDs. For which he got summa cum laude in, in Europe. You get which is the highest that you can go. But he didn't know Jesus. Why? Because of insecurities that he carried from his dad. You understand? Your dad never said to you, You're fine. You don't have to perform. We love you unconditionally. You understand? Now, the problem is all of us get insecurities. And that is the biggest problem in leadership. Not only here, but in all nations. Do you understand? I can mention thousands of examples. So the problem, the questions, what are your insecurities? So I had to discover mine. My wife had to discover hers. And the beautiful thing is, I don't have time to explain how they 
the long process between us. But the most beautiful intimacy between two people is if one says, what is wrong with me? And I say, this is wrong with you. And she says, you know what? I think I know where it comes from. It's like this to Jesus. Jesus healed us, please. So that I would never search for anything from my me created by improper behavior or uh, a shortage of something that I should have had, something that I wanted. And then you're free to solve. But there's a process in the healing, a serious process. Where, where you've got to learn who you are from Jesus. But you've got to get rid of this pain. And then you've got to, I am the creative one. So every morning I get up. So you call me child. <laughs> this, this is beautiful. This is, this is the highest honor. Child, my child. Wow. I don't need any compliment from anyone on planet Earth. Because it's got the highest compliment that anyone could ever give you. That the creator of the universe is to my child. You get up in the morning and you're you don't have to fill your life with anything. Your life is fulfilled by one minute. God looking at you, whispering in your ear, my beloved son on whom I pray this. So I am the creative expression of God, intended expression of God, understanding that I am the beloved, uniquely and sufficiently tested to reign on earth as a representative of heaven. I don't have to be like anyone else. You understand? If you can create people in this school, where they are in the school with a true self-concept. But the thing is, if you know I'm the daughter of the king, really deeply know it, you will be able If you don't know it, you'll fish for compliments so that you can become the daughter of an important person on earth, whatever it is. Which is far short of where you're supposed to be. Do you understand this? And you don't know why I'm, why I'm speaking. That many of you are here because of what? Calling? No. Because of your insecurity. You came here, not because of the calling. You came here because you have a, had a collision somewhere else. Didn't work out. That's why you're here. But now this is the beautiful thing of God. <laughs> He's not faced with your shortcomings. He's really not faced with your shortcomings, does it? I am. You know, you're here, you're not as great, you're not even come for a calling, you're messed up elsewhere, and now you're here. World discarded you, and they spit you out here. Okay, uh, now, and what are you going to do about it? This is not him. Now he says, <laughs> you know, uh, you are insufficient in itself, by definition, <laughs> of being a human being. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't care whether you are stronger or weaker or whatever you are here on this little range of people, you know, there or here. I, I don't care. <laughs> because whether you're here or here, your contribution is basically zero. <laughs> In any case, because if you make a contribution, we've got a problem. You get in the way. So we've got to empty you. So emptying you from here is probably much easier than emptying you from here. But we've got to empty you in any case so that we can pour out the spirit of Jesus in you, okay? And then you'll be fine. You understand this? 
Um, but it is such a good thing to understand that our insecurities contain God's work and, and actually make it very difficult for other people around us to understand us. And that's why if you can get free, really free from your insecurities that you are so open. And if someone tells you, hey, but you are useless with this, say, oh, goodness, tell me more. I need to know this. I really need to know this. Because I want to get free from this. And if you can help me, it will be fantastic. Yeah. All right? So, your assignment going home is that you must find one person in the following week that you can walk up and say, what's wrong with me? <laughs> is that okay? And if you're a mother, ask your children. Especially when they're teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> So later on, later on, if you push Anna Marie, then, then we'll take you through the healing process, which is really filling a questionnaire and then uh, that you can just have names for things and then and then the process of healing which we cannot do now. Okay, that was number one of the three. All right, 20 minutes to go. Ten minutes each for the other two. Okay. All right. I told you it would be a menu. That's it. Okay. Guiding community. <laughs> I just want to share two things of the guiding community that you need to pay attention to. And uh, <clears throat> uh, the first one is uh, we know that servant leadership, this is how it looks. You are, when you're the top guy, you're actually the main servant. You're at the bottom. And Jesus told us that. Uh, and it's so beautiful when I came in here to got the story of this place. I just knew that this is these these are key things that you understood here. Alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Or uh, the main ingredient of stardom is the rest of the team. So uh, I love it. We actually alone is almost we can't achieve anything in life. Anyway. But the two things I want to just drop with you. This one is a book called Liz Wiseman. Brilliant, brilliant talker. I use it in companies lately uh, to retrain people in leadership because the leadership is so, so wrongly understood. And that is that the book basically says this. That's the summary of the whole book, so it's one slide. <laughs> that, that you get multipliers or you get diminishers. And why is this so important? I want to say to you as a potential leader, listen carefully to my next sentence. Your strength is possibly your downfall. Your strength is most probably your downfall. My weakness, for instance, in a movement the world is a far is I created the resources and the main speaker issue. So I now started after I started this up and it's flying for eight years now to get myself off the internet. So in the three next three years, my face must be off the internet to, so that no one will have a feeling that this comes from me. This is a movement of God among people. That's it. So my strength became the weakness of our movement. I'm too prominent. You understand? So now I'm going to get myself. 
if you are really strong at something, it says to all the other people around you, they are not strong. Do you understand? And that's a killer. That's a killer. And as you can see here, for instance, because then you're a diminisher. Now, uh, many examples. My, my daughter and, and George, actually, they worked both for another company before the things that they are doing now. And in this company, the CEO, when my daughter, she worked there and she actually recruited George, but she worked there and she came back and she said, Dad, I've never seen a more brilliant person in my whole life than the CEO. And she said that sentence like that. Oops. This guy is so good. George, who is an auditor, I mean, this guy is not an auditor even, but George says, as an auditor, I, I could have any other auditor scrutinizing my work, but if this guy scrutinizes me, I always feel dumb. I always feel stupid. Why do I always feel stupid in his presence? You, you understand? So now you tell me, was your father a diminisher or a multiplier? Your mother? Your teachers? Did you feel stupid or did you feel sharp in their presence? Why did you feel stupid? What did they say? Oh, they said you were stupid. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> what else did they do? You, you, you understand? How did people feel in the presence of Jesus? Did they like, except for that one time when, when Peter said that that was after the miracle, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. Remember that? That's when he really felt stupid. But it was because of Jesus' miracle. But, but they, how did they feel? I gotta stay close to this person because this is my life. Is that right? Here I get life, real life. And this is what Jesus came to do to give us real life. Not to diminish us. Not because, you know, no, make us fly. Make us fly. Now look at the difference. And I want to honor the people that started this movement of this school and things around here because I think this, these are the gifts that they have. And this is of the multiplier. They are liberators. Creates a climate of safety uh, and freedom that both invites and demands people's best thinking and work. So they would invite you, and I remember he was very good at that. And she says, you know, we must do this. You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do when we get to this? No, I don't know. And then you say, oh, looks like you know. Can, can you do it for us? Remember, this is Annabelle. Can you hear it? Can you hear this? Okay. Okay, the liberator. Okay, liberates you in what you are strong at. Okay. Then the challenger defines an opportunity that causes people to stretch. You know? <laughs> Oh, can you, can you imagine what we can do with you? Okay, but I've got no idea how to do it. <laughs> what do you think? Shall we pray? Yes, let's pray. Lord, help us. And then you open your eyes and think, Anna Marie will have the answer from God. She says, I have no idea. <laughs> and then you start to pray again, you think at night, and then you challenge and you find an answer. Brilliant. The talent magnet attracts and deploys. She told me a little bit of the series of some of you yesterday. She mentioned like in a moment, it was just about the two minutes. Remember, this guy's this, this guy's this, guy's this. How highly some of you are qualified. Why did you come? What are you looking for here? I mean, why did you come here? You could have had great other positions. What are you looking for? What should you need? <laughs> but this is what happens if you're a multiplier. Is that 
threatened one. You see it as a great opportunity. Maybe the knowledge can learn someone. Can it matter? Debate maker drives sound decisions through rigorous debate. Now, maybe you don't have enough of this, I don't know. But it is good to debate. That's why I like to drop things that people can debate. And say, I don't agree with this guy. I don't agree. Because you've got to create that creative tension. Discourse, creative tension, in which you can develop new ideas. The investor delivers extraordinary results, and again, without direct management. On the other side, the micromanager. You know, why, why, why did you do that? No, 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 don't do it. You know, so someone that micromanages everything is a diminisher. You feel like, okay, if, if you know exactly what I need to do, why don't you do that? I'm out. Is that right? You don't want micromanagers as leaders. Decision makers make centralized abrupt decisions that confuse the organization. So I decide for us, and then I want your buy-in. The moment that you talk about buying, something is wrong in the whole process. If we don't need any buying, it's co-creation that we need. Is that right? Not buying. Because then you come with an idea. And, and, and others do not take ownership because they did not co-create. This is a very difficult thing for white South Africans. They are so keen to make decisions. And they double on others and say, I have got their buying. No, no, no. You don't have a buy you just buy the shadows and do it. So that's Buying is co-creation. So we together discover what is wrong. But can you can you understand how this list of diminishers come from people with insecurities? They force them into security, into a strength, and by forcing it into a strength, they diminish others. Can you see that? But if you are not insecure, it's easy to allow leadership everywhere, you know? Uh, and, and just say, I don't know, can you help me? Can you help me? You know, and, and, and it's not threatening to you. You don't have to prove that you can do it at all. So I don't like leaders that try to prove that they are good. They are the most dangerous people that you can get out anywhere. I like leaders that will stimulate catalytically, which means they don't see you. In other people, good decisions and energy to execute. That's a whole different thing. Okay, now we've all kind of got it? Okay, that's the one thing on this. The second thing on this is in your guiding community, just remember Belvin, the roles of Belvin, he talks about nine roles. Here they are, but basically it comes down to this that you have people, some that specialize in thinking, others in action, others in the relational things. And that one person, for instance, in my case, I can coordinate, but it takes too much energy for me to coordinate. So I always look for a coordinator. Now I put these roles like this, for instance. Every organization, and specifically in your guiding community, you need these people. So this is the coordinator. I never find myself in this position, ever. This looks like the leader, so I'm not there. Because this is why I'm natural. I'm a plant, pioneer, or whatever you want to call it, and that comes natural. This is just by God's gifting. Then I get a coordinator who looks like the leader in most cases because he coordinates the, everything. The streets. Then you need energy. This is the shaper. And he frustrates you because why don't we do it? Why? We should have done it yesterday. 
So where should we be? It's got no idea where we should go as long as it's faster. Okay. <laughs> you need that guy too. Why? Because you need the cross-pollination of the shaper that says, let's go, and the team player that says, let's slow. So you need frustration in every team. If you don't have frustration, you haven't got a good team. Got it? All right. So better understand who you are. And this is easy. You can draw this on the internet and do a free uh, assessment of who you are, naturally. And then you have team players. But you can't only have team players. So there must be some tension, creative tension. Okay. Team players, and then you've got the implementers, and they, they execute. You know, they get a job. They don't think about a job. They get a job, and then they execute it. Normally, secretaries and so on. But nowadays, secretaries think a lot. <laughs> and, uh, okay, and then you have specialists. This could be outsourced, uh, the monitor evaluator and the specialist here that bring new ideas, the specialists, and a specialized interest in things or, or you know, good, excellent stuff. And, and the monitor monitoring the process. The resource investigator sells the organization to outside people and also get information from outside in. I don't know how. You see, if you want to multiply this score in other places, you need to make sure you've got resource investigators. That, that's key, for instance. You know? And one can just look at this and see where you are short or where you are strong. And if you are too strong in the one, then it just balances everything. You understand this? If you have too many shapers or too many team players, it just balances the stuff. You, you, you understand this? So just uh, that you work on this for the guiding because you are mostly the leadership, I think, of what is happening here. And therefore, you've got to understand to assess where you are strong at and where you are strong. Okay, so, so those are the two things that I wanted to say on the guiding community. The one is the less wise concept that not only Anamali, but everyone else must understand that they must be a multiplayer and not a leader. That it? And you've got to train yourself into that process of how to do it to position. That is servant leadership. This is the modern day explanation of servant leadership. They just now catch it, what Jesus said long ago. But, but this, is the, this, this is what Jesus did. This is servant leadership. If you want to unpack servant leadership, unpack like this. Because this is exactly what it, what it means. All right, got it? And then the other one, the, the Galvan roles that you understand that you have different roles. So the, the nice thing of this is like soccer or rugby, uh, depending on what you prefer. Uh, in soccer, you can't be the striker and the goalkeeper at the same time. Don't try it, and don't try it in the organization. There are two specialized different positions with completely different understanding, approach to the game, and so on, so on. So please value that people are different to you. That brings tension, very important tension. Start to like it and start to find the synergy on how to work with them while they are completely different to you. All right? And then the last one, while well, the time is probably done for, I guess, three minutes to go, five minutes. Okay, good. Good enough. The last one, the rest of the population number three. I want you to become seriously conscious of this. This is called the psychosocial construct. Your brain develops at about 12 years old to understand all groups like this. That's why they always talk about the in-group, I'm in the in-group or not in the in-group. Remember that kids at school? Uh, I can see the in-group or the in-group. 
a part of the, the dominant group or not. And your brain starts to read yourself position amongst other people in a specific way. And our brains can do it. I do it actually every year with both uh, schools that we have and, and say, draw this psychosocial monitor of the class because I want to see who they perceive to be the leader of the class, for instance, without selecting them. Now, in this class, where is the leader? Which one is the leader? One is the center? Where? The one here? Okay, it, it shows you could be people have different perception on, on leadership now. <laughs> I'm telling you, just my guess. Uh, uh, because culture is everything. The dominant group in the class determines the culture. So the center of the dominant group is the leader in the class. So that's clear who that is. Is that right? That's that goal there in the middle there. Is that right? Center of the dominant group. Culture is everything. Let's remember that. You see, we think positionally. We've got to, we've got to think dynamics. The way we do things is determined by the dominant group in the class. And the center of that group is the cultural leader of the group. You understand this? So do you want to change the class? Find out who that is in the class. How do you do that? Easy. You watch the eyes. So the one that gets the most hit, hits with the eyes, is the dominant person in your class. So you see, this is how stupid we think about leadership. We think that we've selected this person to be the class captain, so this is the leader. He's not the leader, he's the positional leader. And please always differentiate between positional leader and real leader. Always differentiate. They could be the same, but most cases they are not the same. The positional leader and the real leader. So who's the real leader in the class? Now, sometimes it's the most naughty guy. <laughs> but you just watch who draws the eyes, whether naughty or not naughty. So you answer that, this question to me. Why did Jesus pick Peter and not John to build his church on? Give me one reason. John was a good guy. <laughs> no one can say this of Peter. <laughs> so why do you pick different than Jesus? Why do pastors always pick this guy as a youth leader who comes to the prayer meetings? He's a useless leader. Leader. He's a great prayer guy. <laughs> Keep him there. He's not necessarily the great leader. The eyes do not go to him. So I can show on any school ground, I can indicate the leaders of the school to you probably about 20 minutes by just watching eyes. Who do they look at? You understand? And the one that I know, I sit in a room and within one hour, I know if people see me as the leader of the class or not, or of the group or not, by just their eyes. If they don't look at me at all, I've got very little contribution. All right, make sure you know the leaders in your class. Why? And I think George has shared this previously also because this factor is very important. Jenny will talk to the ladies this afternoon more about this. This factor is absolutely important. You've got to initiate it, you've got to validate it, you've got to create factor. And uh, so, so please make sure that 
Whatever you do, you have a validator. No validator, no impact. So why did people follow Jesus? Why did the movement, uh, the Jesus movement, why was it impactful? Was it Jesus? Now he disappeared. He was gone after three years. But his spirit remained in them. Is that right? But he was actually, the movement started with that? Validators. Is that right? It was Peter. Now go and read the book of John. 1, 1, John. We saw him with our eyes. We touched him. You remember? He's gone. But the validator is keeping it alive. And the validator said, this guy, you can bet your life on. This is it. And the validator makes him effective. Is that right? I am basically nothing if I do not have disciples. But there are people that say, because it impacted my life. You understand? And they make me whatever value I have. You understand? So if you have no validators, I'm sorry. You will love the ranger and you will not have any impact. But if you want impact validators, but then on top of the validators, you need real impactors. So in the class, uh, some can function as both validator and peer impactor. Uh, but but in the class, make 100% sure that those ones that they see as leaders, they eat from your hand. And this is what you do. If you know who they are, you spend a long time with them. So let me finish with this little story to encourage you to do something similar. So here I was the pastor of a, a men's hostel called Simonsberg at Stambos. <laughs> notorious, notorious, notorious for drinking the most yes. in the whole of Stambos. And they make sure that their reputation is upheld every year. They just put the bar up to the next level. Bar up to the next level. And so here are the pastor of this place. So first thing is, they, um, I was the pastor, so I tried to get them to pray. Was not successful. Got about five, at the most, in prayer meetings. So they said to me, "No, no, no." Uh, you, the one guy came to me and said, "Kasi, I think you will be more successful as a rugby coach than as a pastor." So, can you train us in rugby? So he, he knew that I was a coach. So I decided to do rugby coaching. That that helped first. But then, and and, and this is uh, this is as I'm training as a rugby coach now. Then I discovered. The whole dynamic of, of the hostel. And there was one guy, I will not mention his name because his father is famous. But in any case, <laughs> uh, this guy was the most naughty guy that you can imagine. He was basically the culture bearer of Simonsberg. And he had it on his own shoulders. So everywhere where he would go, every, every well, half of the hostel would always be in close proximity of him, just to hear him speak. And he would run the show. So I thought, if I want to change the culture of this place, what would I do? Now I'm the coach, which is an honorable position, much more than a pastor. Uh, so that helped. And then I thought, I'm not successful. And I just knew, if I don't get this guy on my side, there's no way. There's no way I can be successful. So what happened was, every time I would go to this hostel, and he would be at the center of everything. You know, so everyone would stand there. So before that, I went to his room and I introduced myself and I got to know him by visiting him about two or three times in his room. And, uh, and just talk, 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 talk. 
So I thought, okay, now we know each other. Okay, now the rest must know that I know him. So that every time that he would be there, I would just come and then physically would stand in close proximity of him. So he would speak, obviously, when I come there, quiet down here. Coaches here, coaches here. Okay, and then and then I would say and take the situation and they say, and as I would speak, I would just put my hand on his shoulder. Because we know each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say whatever I say by touching him, and he can't pull away because I'm in his room, you know. So he was so uncomfortable, like anything, but but even the show, he he held his spot because I know him. And I would speak with him and then look in his eyes and, and in some cases say, me and John, we just visited the other day. We had such a great time. And I just went, oh, I see. <laughs> okay, but you can't follow that name. Okay. And, um, and lo and behold, just like this, everything changed. Because the validator, I picked the peer inventor to become my validator. You understand? I didn't bring about the change. He brought the change. Because he was the peer inventor. So I just want you to please notice your peer inventors in each class and make sure that you give special attention to them. Not because they're more important than the rest, because they are influencers and it can flow through the, through the rest. And you can change the most naughty guy, become the most positive influencer of the rest of the class. Without being even knowing each other. Yeah, he does that. Okay, I hope I gave you something to think about to keep you awake at night. To be frustrated about so that you can ask great questions and find great answers and the God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.